Hi everyone, my name is Rohan, and I'm an A-level student who's interested in economics. So I decided to make a podcast to explore and explain some of the topics that are fascinating to me. In this podcast, I will go into depth on economics news, famous economic theories, economic history, and will also visit some of the most famous economists in history. Without further ado, let's get on to this week's episode of the Economic Society. Welcome to the first episode. Today's episode is quite a general topic about one of the most, if not the most famous economist in history. He was certainly the first economist I learned about in school. His name, of course, is Adam Smith, and he is also the man on the £20 note. Now, just to give a rundown of this episode, we'll briefly visit his life and then swiftly move on to his ideas about the economy and his most famous work, The Wealth of Nations. First, his life. So, Smith was born in Scotland to his dad, also Adam Smith, and his mother, Margaret Douglas. However, two months before he was born, his father passed away. Although not much else is known about his early life, one story that is rumoured to have happened is that at the age of three, Smith was actually kidnapped by local gypsies in the area. Smith then was noted to have gone to Glasgow University at the mere age of 14, already showing academic prowess. He then went on to do post-graduation at Balliol College, but surprisingly regarded the teaching at Glasgow to be far superior to that in Oxford. Then, in 1748, he started lecturing and teaching philosophy at the University of Edinburgh. Two years later, he met the famous philosopher David Hume, and in their collective writings, they covered topics such as economics, religion, politics and philosophy. In 1759, he published his first significant paper, The Theory of Moral Sentiments, which was mainly a philosophical work. This was probably influenced by his own lectures and his work with Hume. After becoming somewhat famous as a result of his book, Smith moved to teach and lecture more about economics. He published The Wealth of Nations in 1776, which was immediately sold out but its full name was an inquiry into the nature and causes of the wealth of nations. But to keep it short, we'll just call it the wealth of nations. Smith died in 1790 of a painful illness, and he was reported to have said on his deathbed that he wished that he achieved more. Now that we know more about him and his life, let's get into the economics. The main purpose of writing the book, many believe, was to describe a newly transforming economy which was slowly shifting towards an industrialised capitalist system and moving away from the mercantilist system. The mercantilist view, which started in the Elizabethan era, was, as its name suggests, mainly economic theories that were developed by the merchants. The main idea of this branch of economics was that a country's wealth was determined by its stock of gold. So in order to stop losses of gold, they advocated for tariffs on imports to prevent outflows of gold. One of the key points of the Wealth of Nations was on the topic of self-interest. Smith posed the question essentially of whether self-interest is compatible with a good society. He suggested that society prospers when people act in their own self-interest and that people should be given the freedom to buy and sell whatever goods they want, which is essentially the concept of free trade and this included opening up trade with foreign countries. To look at this in more detail, Smith said that self-interest was natural, but it wasn't necessarily negative. 
but that self-interest of many individuals eventually would promote public interest through their everyday economic activities, such as buying and selling. Smith also famously said that the economy was guided by an invisible hand. In essence, he meant to say that there were natural forces in the economy that made sure that people's actions that were done in self-interest led to the optimal outcome in society, suggesting that the invisible hand or the automatic market forces were also responsible for efficiency in the economy and ensuring that the right amount of goods were produced and allocated. Eventually, what Smith first said was added to by another famous economist, Alfred Marshall, who came up with the price mechanism and the interactions between supply and demand, which are still applicable to today's markets. Along with the invisible hand, Smith also advocated for division of labour and specialisation. He took the example of a pin factory and said that if the workforce was split into different tasks within the production process, their output per unit time or worker would increase. So they would experience an increase in overall productivity. And this would in turn reduce the average costs for a firm. This concept was mainly in response to an increasingly industrial and manufacturing economy that was developing in Britain pre-industrial revolution. Linked to this, Smith introduced the idea of specialisation, where an individual, firm or country becomes skilled in producing one good or service. He said that this not only had the same effect as division of labour in improving productivity and the quality of goods, but that it could be used to help the whole economy prosper. For example, when people specialise in producing certain goods in an economy, it means that everyone is interdependent. This is because people have to rely on other people to provide certain goods in the economy. This essentially means that everyone is able to get as much income as possible, as long as you're producing something that someone else needs. Essentially saying that prosperity is created when people need goods and services that they are better off getting from somewhere else. To illustrate this, Smith used a famous example of the baker and the butcher. He links specialisation in the economy and self-interest, saying that the butcher doesn't produce meat for the greater good, but instead for their own benefit. Seeing as the Wealth of Nations is now available as a 576-page copy, there is a lot more Smith said. Smith was also an advocate for limited government intervention in the economy, saying that the natural tendency of self-interest and the invisible hand mean that allocation is efficient in the economy and that goods are produced at the most efficient amount and that the government will undermine the magic of the free market in a negative way. However, he wasn't completely against it. He said that intervention should be restricted to public and merit goods, which are education and defence, which the free market would not provide. One thing we'll see after this episode is that other economists had different ideas to Smith when it comes to government intervention. Another important contribution that also went against the underlying mercantilist view was Smith's new definition of wealth of a country. In some ways, he was the first to think of this in terms of GDP, saying that the wealth of a country depends on how many goods it produces, and so said that the growth of a country is reliant on improving productive capacity by accumulating capital and investing to increase production of goods and services. Although I've tried my best to cover the main topics that Smith covered in his Wealth of Nations, it contains much more than I have explained. To wrap this up, 
Smith basically introduced the idea of free market capitalism, much of which is applicable to economies today. Despite Smith's world being much different to today, introducing topics such as free trade, self-interest and the invisible hand helped define economics for many others to build on what he said. However, The Wealth of Nations was one of the first economic books and so naturally missed some topics and had some limitations such as the assumption of rationality in markets. But more on that in later episodes. Thanks for listening to this episode on the Economic Society podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes that will be released in future weeks.